Welcome to Witch Hunt, the podcast that brings you news from the front lines of the struggle against modern-day witch hunts. I'm Josh Hutchinson. And I'm Sarah Jack. Modern-day witch hunts, also known as harmful practices related to accusations of witchcraft and ritual attacks, are human rights abuses perpetrated against those believed to be witches or sorcerers. These abuses include physical and emotional attacks leading to injury and even death. Survivors are frequently traumatized by the harrowing experience of being accused of witchcraft. In Ghana, witch hunt refugees flee to so-called witch camps. These camps are for people banished from their communities following witchcraft accusations. Living conditions in the camps are deplorable and the residents destitute. However, Concern is developing among advocates and within sectors of the national government in regard to the conditions at the camps and the future of the witch hunt victims. One recent development has been on-site mental health intervention to address the victim's trauma. This effort involved physicians from the Total Life Enhancement Center, TOLIC, a mental health facility located in northern region capital Tamale and led by Executive Director Peter Minter Amadou. We are delighted to introduce Peter Minter Amadou, Executive Director of the Total Life Enhancement Center in Ghana and a leading figure in mental health. A licensed clinical health psychologist and university lecturer, Peter is pivotal in advancing mental health services in Northern Ghana. He advocates for mental health across multiple platforms. He mentors youth and his work focuses on youth and maternal mental health issues. As chairman of the Ghana Psychological Association's Northern Sector, Peter's commitment extends to providing consultation and training. My name is Peter Minter Amadou. My background is clinical health psychologist. I'm a lecturer at the University for Development Studies. The University for Development Studies, the premier university in the north. I am affiliated to the Tamale Teaching Hospital, of which I do clinical health uh, psychologist, consulting the internal medicine eventually for the entire hospital. Come to initiatives. What have I initiated as a person? You got me through an organization called Total Life Enhancement Center. That is my initiative. I just felt that as a people, we didn't do so much regarding mental health. And in 2017, I established this organization with a lot of young ones around me. So I founded the organization and I lead it at the civil society space where we advocate for mental health in schools, radio, and in the communities. So Total Life Enhancement Center is a psychology-focused organization and the first private psychology clinic in the entire Northern Ghana. What have I supported? I've tried to be a mentor to a lot of young ones in the mental health space who are seeking to appreciate what mental health is and understand it. So basic senior high school and then the tertiary level. What more can you tell us about the Total Life Enhancement Center? Total Life Enhancement Center Ghana is an organization with a primary focus in psychology. So the abbreviation is T-O-L-E-C-G-H, and we call it TOLEC. TOLEC is dedicated to the promotion and advocacy towards improving psychological wellness. We say that TOLEC 
is an organization that provides mental health and psychosocial support services. I found your center online when I was doing some research around some alleged witchcraft violence. And I saw that you have an initiative to support women who have been in witch camps. Is that one of your outreaches at your facility? Yes, please. It's one of the outreaches we have uh, undertaken in the recent past. We have been involved in giving some support to a number of women. In uh, 2020, I, I was part of a group of organizations. Tolek was part of a group of organizations that rolled out a number of activities. But the focus I done was with health workers in the districts that hosted this alleged witch camps. Last year, we took this initiative, and this initiative was supported by the Commission of Human Rights and Administrative Justice, Raj. And they actually partnered us, basically supported almost every bit of the logistical bit of it to go provide, because they came to us. We have been to these women. We have done the normal physical examinations with them. We provided medication. But there's an aspect that has never been talked about. But your organization seems to be unique. Do you want to do something with this? I said, why not? It is an opportunity we have all been looking out. So they said, okay, get out there and uh, pack your bag and baggage and go to four districts in the north and perform these particular activities for us. And what we basically did was to use a particular psychological tool we call DAS, Depression, Anxiety, and Stress Skill, that is well utilized and also, and trying to look at the, some level of distress, psychological distress among these women. So after administering these tools, we found data that was very interesting. Data that was very, at a point, if not from my background as a professional, very scared. Scary in the sense that a lot of them who have stayed in their years, decades, have nobody to look at, no shelter no food, no healthcare. And in most of the places, they live in very deplorable states. I, I possibly would delve deeper into this, but let me say that our, that was quite revealing for us. Because when it came to the issues of depression, we were quite interested. And we realized that even though after administering the psychological tools, which I must admit, we went in there to do an assessment for just around 300 women. We ended up doing a little over 350 women, alleged witches. And this was carried out in four districts. So what did we find among the 335 women? In terms of psychological distress, we had 73% of our respondents that's a little around 247 participants who were assessed to have high level of psychological distress. Depression, we assess among this group as 61% of the participants. Anxiety was around 72%. And the issues of stress-related was around 38%. So this was what we found at the alleged witch camps where we were supported by 
the Commission on Human Rights and Administrative Justice to do an assessment and provide intervention. The numbers are huge. Even when we got in there and the idea was to do 300, we ended up doing 300 plus. And even doing 350, I mean, 35, was just because we were running out of the logistics that were being provided. If yeah. we had stayed in there, we would have seen closer to 500 people. And that tells us that the numbers are there. And the idea is to, from this year, to see how we can at least either every six months, if we have the resources, or every quarter to go back there, provide an intervention. But first of all, I often have said that uh, the issues of mental health cannot be talked to people in, in call it hungry stomachs. The belly is not full. They are not going to listen to so our idea has, how can we then go back to them with the picnic style of therapy, where we are dining with them and providing therapy, letting them understand that, yes, you are here. The challenges are there, but don't give up. Life still means a lot for you. So we are still mobilizing the resources and pushing at our own level to see how we can go back, provide 335 that we have already seen, and extend that therapy beyond the individuals. And the idea has always been to also reach out to the communities. These four communities in which this alleged which, uh, camps are situated, they need support. They need mental health education. They need psychotherapy themselves. And they need capacity building. Because when they have it, these women can be supported. Because a number of the women listening to them said that anytime at all we are troubled, those who, are, who come to our help, Aid are the chiefs, the community leaders, the assembly members. But these are people who are in great, but barely doing minimal farming. So when they have it, it becomes insufficient even for their own farm. Let's talk of supporting another farm. So building their capacity, providing agric related support for them so that they can be able to till the land enough to also feed these women. Am I understanding that? Right now, the president has not signed the legislation on these witch camps. If he does close them, how does that impact these communities? Thank you. You, you are right. I think currently the advocacy in the civil society space is to get the president sent to this bill and make it law. And uh, we're hoping that uh, this will happen before his uh, tenure of office, which is just in uh, 7th January, uh, come next year. Uh, if that so happens, we know that uh, that will create another huge need for our people. But the refreshing part of it is that uh, engaging these women, a good number of them, are willing to go back to the communities. So reintegration should be the plan for, so that in the event where these camps are closed, where can they go back? Go back to their communities, go back to their families, and the communities need to be sensitized. The communities need to be engaged. And so it means advocacy needs to get to the community to understand that these women are just like your mothers. These women are just like those women you have at home who could be wives, sisters, aunties, grandma. And all that we can give them at this moment is to say that you have been with us, and it is a difficult moment that probably you have nobody to support you the way you would have wished. 
but we are here as a community. And we are hoping that we can be able to provide it because of the desire of a number of them to go back to their communities. If a law comes into force and these communities dissolve, what it means is a good number will be more ready to go back, have people to accept them. The few that have no support, we can look for a reintegrative process where we can engage chiefs, leaders, assembly members to see how they can absorb them. Already, some of the camps have become like towns, have become like big communities. So the women are already very comfortable. A good number of them are, they are into agree into one, I mean, small businesses, and they're already doing well. So those of them who don't want to go back can be supported. So in the process of if these things are dissolved, what we can do is to build their capacity to be well supported. So in terms of economics, in terms of their health care, and in terms of their general well-being, because once they have capital, they have resources. When they are not well, they will go to the hospitals. When they are not well, they'll go to health facility and look for something. But some of their challenges have always been that even when I'm not well, I have no money. Even though a good number of them in Ghana we operate the health insurance system, a good number of them are active health insurance users. But sometimes the facilities are at a distance and they may need even transport to arrive there. So when they are dissolved, I think there can be some level of capacity building for the women some level of support so that they can be sustaining. So income generating activities to sustain themselves. And uh, that's what I can say if this ever, if ever happens in the foreseeable future. Thank you for listening to Witch Hunt. Join us next week. Have a great today and a beautiful tomorrow. Mm-hmm.